Hi, and welcome to the Tough Fish Show. I'm your host, Jen Milius, and I'm so glad that you're here and can't wait to introduce to you Dallas Woodburn. Dallas Woodburn is an award-winning writer of fiction, nonfiction, and plays, an in-demand book coach and host of the Thriving Authors Podcast. She has helped dozens of women around the world write and publish the books inside their hearts to grow their businesses, grow their impact, and grow their legacies. Dallas's debut young adult novel, The Best Week That Never Happened, was a number one new release on Amazon, a featured bestseller on Apple Books, and the grand prize winner of the Dante Rossetti Book Award for Young Adult Fiction. She is also the author of the young adult novel, Thanks Carissa for Ruining My Life, and the short story collections, Woman, Running Late, In a Dress, and How to Make Paper When the World is Ending. Her novel, Before and After You and Me, and nonfiction book, 1,000 Ways to Be Kind, are both forthcoming in 2023. Dallas lives with her family in the San Francisco Bay Area in a comfortably messy house with overflowing bookshelves. Let's dive into the pond and meet Dallas. Welcome to the Tough Fish Show. I am so excited to bring to you Dallas Woodburn. Dallas, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Jen. Uh, We are going to have so much fun. I'm so excited. And I would love for you to start with, how did you get into writing? Yes, I feel like I've been writing for as long as I can remember. Um, I've always loved stories, always loved reading. um, And I feel really lucky because my dad is actually a writer. He's a journalist and he's an author um, of books in a lot of different genres. And so I think I just had a little window, um, the way that a lot of children don't, that I was able to witness. I grew up watching a writer at work. So I was always very aware that, um, the books that I was reading and loving that they didn't just appear by magic on the shelves, that there was actually someone out there who wrote them, that that was something you could do. That was a job that you could have. And also my parents were always very encouraging of my writing. I never had, um, I never came up against that whole, um, notion that I think a lot of creative people come up against in our lives, this idea of like, well, how are you going to make a living at that or get a serious job or a real job or anything like that? I never had those barriers. So I feel really fortunate um, with with that, just that I always saw writing and being an author as something that I could do, you know, for the rest of my life. And so, um, yeah, so I've, I've just been writing since I was really little. I self-published um, a book when I was 10 and that was a great experience and learned a lot <laughs> through through all of that and went on to study creative writing in college and grad school. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I just feel like my life and writing feel very intertwined. It's hard to remember a time really before I was writing. I love that. And I love that you touch on the fact that, so you took a a path with education, if you will, to, uh, with creative writing, both undergrad and graduate, would you talk a little bit about how that helps? Because so for instance, um, with your dad's background for journalism, for instance, that's one type of writing and it's mm-hmm. a little bit more technical. There's elements of research, obviously, in in writing in general, and yes, it's putting words to paper, but journalism has one kind of 
emphasis, if you will, and creative writing comes from a different vantage point. So it sounds like you were able to see a couple of different ways and blend even. Yes, that's such a great question. I really, I loved my studies um, in university with creative writing. I think it really helped me carve out the time to really devote to my writing full-heartedly, you know, reading a lot, really learning how to read as a writer and study these books that I loved through the lens of craft and how did these, how did these writers do this? What are some nuggets that I can glean from reading, um, you know, these books or these stories and, and then trying to practice that myself. I look back at some stories that I wrote during, especially my undergraduate years, and I can really see what I was reading at the time, what authors I was loving. You know, I have, there's my Lori Moore story open. There's my George Saunders story. Like I can really see what I was practicing with almost like trying on different voices and really finding my own. And I think it also helped me when we think about, um, just growing as writers, like finding our voice. Um, I was in a lot of workshop classes where I was getting feedback from others. And it really taught me that um, first we have to please ourselves most importantly. And also that we're going to get a lot of feedback as writers. And we really have to be careful to sift through that feedback and find what resonates most with us and know that we're not going to be able to please everyone. So I learned with workshop, my teacher would tell us, um, Amy Bender, she's an amazing writer and she was just a fabulous teacher. And she would tell us when you're getting feedback from about your work to take what is useful and discard the rest. And that's something that I still carry with me when, um, you know, I'm getting edits on my books now, or I'm reading reviews of my books or things like that. It's so important to to have a little bit of a thick skin and not try to please everyone with your work, but instead really hone in on who, you know, who you are as a writer and, um, and take in feedback from people who, who get that and who really resonate with your work. Oh, that's powerful, Dallas. I, that is so powerful because you're right. You know, you are going to get feedback and, and some you've actually asked for, you've said, I'm working with a book coach or I'm working with a, a, a an editor or a developmental editor, you're working with a critique group. So I've deliberately put myself out there and said, please look at this and, and help me make it stronger, make it better. And you, it is still okay to say, take what works and recognize that you don't have to take all of it. And mm-hmm. I love, I love that you said that. And to your point about finding voices, when you are writing, like you said, like, you can see where that voice is learning, where it's growing. But when you write in multiple genres like you do, how do you, do you work focused to try to keep your voice pretty much the same? Or do you look at it in the context of for this genre, for this particular book, I need this. So how do you blend that? That is so interesting to think about. Um, I would say for me, there's there's something in my voice that feels true to me no matter what genre I'm I'm working in and I think sometimes it can be hard to recognize in ourselves um for me when I'm writing it just feels I feel this truth to it like I'm not really trying to be anyone else it's just kind of flowing onto the page but I have had people tell me who read all of my books in different genres that they that they see a common thread, like, oh, this, you know, this sounds like you, whether this is a young adult novel or um, a sad 
literary short story that there's that there's there's kind of a, a common thread um with my voice and I think for for me it just comes from authentically trying to write in the way that is the most me knowing that in the same way I almost think of it as um, wearing different outfits. If if you were imagining going to your closet and getting dressed for, we just had Halloween when we were recording this episode, Jen, but like putting on a different costume or dressing for a different event, right? You're putting on different clothes, but you're still yourself. So um, for me, with the different genres, it's thinking about tone, thinking about character, um, but there is something in there just inherent in the way maybe that I describe something or like the rhythm of my sentences or details that feels um that I guess just feels like me and as I was saying when I look back at my growth as a writer there were times where I felt like I was trying to be like other writers which I think is an important part of their learning process when you have writers that you love and then trying to emulate them and learn from them, then I think there comes a point where you've taken in all of this that you love. And when you sit down to write, you're not really trying to be anyone else, right? You're just, you're just being yourself as a writer, if that makes sense. That absolutely does. And to your point, you need to read in, in your genre, outside of your genre, because it's part of it is just a matter of just growing. And sometimes it's a matter of getting you get creative ideas because you see other things happening or you just you're honing your own skills because just like you said earlier with the undergrad and looking at how do you see the structure and the like the scaffolding in the book kind of thing Mm -hmm. you know you're reading for that type of you're reading that and then when you're going back through you're seeing it come through again going okay I can see where I did this or you're looking for certain beats and did the beats show up the way you thought you would, depending upon the, the type of genre you're working on. So I get it. And in the same breath, there's a point at which you say, like you're talking about, it needs to be my voice. It's my story. It's my voice. And, and that's cool. And that takes courage. I genuinely believe that that takes courage because you know, it can feel a little daunting to put yourself out there and say, oh, yes. Oh, and now I have to talk about it, too. I can't just write it and let it be out there. I have to talk about it so it, it reaches people. So from your standpoint with multiple genres, you've published them, you're, you talk about them. How do you talk about multiple genres so that it feels cohesive, even if you have different readers for different books? Mm-hmm. Yes, this is something that I've I used to have to feel differently about this. I think when I was in graduate school, I had this idea that I had to pick, that I had to pick one genre and kind of stay there. And I've always loved young adult fiction. I think, you know, I started reading it when I was a teenager myself and, um, and growing up, I just think there's so much exciting things happening with young adult fiction. And um, also there's something about just that age, when I think about developing characters, that is really exciting because it's a lot about stepping into identity, sort of themes of finding your voice. You were talking about our writing voices, um, a lot often of things happening for the first time, um, which can be just very, you know, rich soil for a writer to delve into. So 
I've always loved young adult fiction and, um, and wanted to write it. And then when I was in graduate school, pretty much all of my classmates were writing, um, literary fiction, you know, kind of very serious literary fiction for, for adult, adult audiences. And so I was writing that too. And I do really enjoy reading adult fiction, literary fiction, short stories. But I remember just having this, this idea in my head that I had to kind of choose that there would be a time when I would have to pick, well, am I a young adult writer or am I a serious literary fiction writer? Um, and so I would write short stories. And then at night I had this like secret project, this young adult novel that I would, that I would work <laughs> on. Um, and it's just really funny how things work out where I've, I've since it's been about 10 years now since I was in graduate school. And in that time, I've seen other writers who are publishing in different genres. And I ended up having two books come out in 2022 in vastly different genres. One is a young adult novel. One is a short story collection of literary fiction. And so to me, that really felt almost like tying a bow on, on this belief of like, look, you know, I wish I could go back in time and tell myself you're going to have two books coming out of different genres. And also just giving myself the creative freedom to explore other genres in the future. I think sometimes as writers, we maybe things start to feel stale if we kind of box ourselves into I'm this type of writer. And instead for me, it's very exciting to think that, you know, Ooh, what if I wrote a thriller next or, you know, things that I haven't really tried before, because to me, I feel like every book that I try to write, not only am I trying to grow as a writer, but I'm trying to push myself. I'm trying to challenge myself. And so for me, exploring different genres is a really um, just a fun and exciting way to do that and to give myself permission to do that. I am so with you. I am so with you, even with my own writing. It's I have children's books, picture books, and I have a nonfiction business book though so far. <laughs> and like you, I'm like, but I think that would be fun. And I have various whips in various genres. And it's because each one of them were speaking to me be mm -hmm. and I wanted to see where they would go out of curiosity. Mm -hmm. But you said some things that I think are really important. You gave yourself permission and that in and of itself might just be the thing that that writer needs to do for themselves the most, because when you hear, well, where can somebody find you? If we go to Barnes and Noble and you're like, oh, I'm over here and I'm over here and I'm over here. Well, no, no, no. You need to pick because it makes it easier. I mean, how did you come through? Or rather, let me say this. If you were talking with a writer who was telling you that they were struggling with giving themselves permission, what would you say? Yeah, I guess I would say that um, for me, that it's it's been really fascinating that the longer I've been really pursuing this career as a writer. I've talked about, I've been writing my whole life, but just the the longer that I've been um, sending my work out for publication and working with editors. And I used to really feel that the, the goal was to get a published book, right? And that's still the goal. But I used to just really focus on that almost as like the dangling carrot at the end. And just the longer that I'm in this industry and the more books that I'm fortunate to have um, published and out with the world, that is obviously such an exciting part when you hold your book for the first time and you get to share it with readers and hear from readers. But for me, more and more, the real magic and the real power of the creative process comes in actually writing the book, the time that's just me and that manuscript, the, the time that I'm, you know, creating this idea on the page. And so 
It's almost like there's that Cervantes quote, the journey is better than the inn. Um, the journey is better than like the hotel, the inn at the end of the road that I just think so often we're, we, we can get into this pattern of being focused on the end, the end result. How am I going to market my book? Is anyone going to be interested? Where are you going to find me at the Barnes and Noble that we, that we sort of skip past the, the journey of it, which I believe that if you're not really enjoying and satisfied with the creative process. And it's kind of like, what's the point? And so I would ask this writer, you know, like what really lights you up? What project makes you feel really excited? What makes you feel inspired? And I would say just to focus on, on that feeling and to know that if you are really in love with your book project, um, it will find a home and it will find readers who love it too. So just to really pour into, um, like you were saying, Jen, about, you know, ideas and curiosity springing up in you. And I think the more that we can pour into that and focus on that, um, just the more fruitful our lives will be as creative people. Oh yeah. I'm so into that. That is, Ooh, you're speaking love languages too. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing I would love for you to I'd like to back up just a little bit. And I love the fact that you published two books and in different genres, but two books in the year. So what was that like? Because, you know, sometimes when you think I've gotten a book out in one year, it's like, yes, I've done this. And you did it twice <laughs> and in different genres. So there were still things, there are processes that are the same. And there's things you're thinking about that are a little different when you're looking at two different spaces in some ways. So, mm -hmm. so would you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. 2022 was a really, it was a big year, um, for me and it ended up happening. Um, I guess not in a, in a planned way. I, um, had written both of these manuscripts and, um, actually had been trying to find publishers for a long time. So my young adult novel, uh, thanks Carissa for ruining my life. I completed the first draft of that book. Um, it, it was actually my secret fun young adult book that I was writing in grad school. So it had gone through many, many versions, many iterations, you could, had come close to getting a publisher and then hadn't. And I, I remember Jen thinking, well, maybe this book is, you know, I love it. My 16 year old self is like obsessed with this book, but you know, maybe it's just meant to kind of be one of my drawer novels. And so I, I had moved on to other projects I'd written other books. I published actually a different young adult novel as my debut um, back in 2020. And, but I just kept coming back to this, this book where I just, you know, I'd pull it back up again. I would tinker with it. I would get some new ideas. And I, I just, the characters almost like wouldn't let me go. <laughs> right. They were like, keep fighting for us. So um, I just kept submitting it. And um, and eventually it was, it was around um, the holidays in 2021. I heard back from my publisher, Immortal Works Publishing, and they said, you know, we love it. We want it. We want to publish this. And, um, and I was just, I was so thrilled. And so, um, so that ended up, that was going to be published in February, 2022. And then I also had this short story collection that again was, um, written over many years. It was short stories that I'd written a lot of them in graduate school. And also I sometimes like to write short stories as breaks from longer projects when I'm working on a longer project. It can be nice to actually finish something, you know, <laughs> have that have that little yeah. dopamine hit. Um and so yeah, these stories had been published in different journals and and I kind of formed them into a collection. And again, it was similar where I'd been sending it out here and there. Um 
And, and similarly, I found a great publisher, Kohler Books, and submitted to them. And they said, you know, how, yes, we'd love to publish it. What about summer 2022? So then all of a sudden, I have these two books that I'd been, you know, holding within my heart for a long time that, um, that were coming out boom, boom within the same year. And so again, when I was talking about different genres, it almost felt kind of like a little wink um, from the universe or from the creative gods, you know, to say, see, you can write in multiple genres, you can publish in multiple genres, we're just going to make sure you notice and have them come out both (laughs) the same year. And it was really exciting. It was um, one thing I did, just if anyone's listening, who is planning a book launch, Um, I gave myself a lot of permission and and grace this year in 2022 um, to know that I was going to be focused a lot on marketing, on launching, on really spreading the word about these books. I haven't generated as much new material as I tend to in a year. I haven't had as much like creative bandwidth to be working on a new project. I'm very slowly working on one, but I think sometimes we set ourselves up for, um, for burnout if we don't see other areas in our life or our creativity where we have to kind of put on the brakes a little bit in order to be focusing on, you know, on something else that calls to our attention. So I knew that it w- I wouldn't be launching these two books forever. It was going to be, a, you know, just this, this limited time, but giving myself permission to not have my typical um, writing routine has been really, really helpful. You know, what I hear you really alluding to is, recognizing the cycles of the way things work that because you know so one book the writing for the books were happening at different phases but when they both started to take off in their various directions with the two different publishers it caused a shift for you to focus and then that shift also meant that okay there are some things I need to move up now and really focus on and then there's some things I need to say and it's okay that I am not as focused on these other things. And I, and it'll, it'll, there will be a space when they come back through. But for now, I need to do that. And I, I again, it goes back to that permission of recognizing the cycle might be changing, that flow might be changing. And it's all good because you did get this book out. You want to get it further. You want to be able to talk about it and share it. And it deserves that kind of love and effort just like you poured into it to get it written to begin with. Exactly. I love how you bring up the cycles. I think that's such a huge part of the creative process as well, with just recognizing that there is a time it's similar to the seasons or, um, you know, to, I think of gardening a lot or, um, you know, harvesting, like there is a time when you plant the seeds and then sometimes there's a time when you're, when you're waiting, there's a time when you're harvesting, there's a time when you're sort of letting the fields lie follow that it seems very similar. And I think something I see with, with my clients or with other writers I talk to, is sometimes we just still put a lot of pressure on ourselves to be writing where we're saying, oh, well, I did all this stuff to promote my book that's coming out, but I didn't get in my 500 words today and like beating themselves up for that. And I just think we ha- we really have to give ourselves a lot of grace. And like you're saying, Jen, it's so important, this book that you poured so much of yourself into writing, you really want to make sure you pour a lot of yourself into spreading the word about it too. And I think trying to enjoy that process as much as you can, because I think often of my little girl self who would just be so thrilled, you know, to have these books out in the world and thinking about, gosh, she'd be so excited to be talking about this. And I think really tapping into that energy as opposed to, um, I don't know, being worried, being too worried about sales numbers or being 
worried about what other people are doing or what will people think about my book? Like instead trying to just tap into like, you are making this dream come true. And there are so many people who dream of writing a book and look at you actually doing it is um, just really, really, it's just, it's amazing. It's something to really celebrate. Yes. It's that joy. When you're going back to what brings you joy and allowing that to keep moving you through, like Mm-hmm. that's gonna that helps that comes through in all the different facets of the even when the process part gets a little bumpy it's still it's like the underpinning that says yep and, and we'll get through this and it's gonna be just that much better on the other side so yeah. what's coming up for you in 2023 yeah so at 2023 I actually um have another novel coming out with um, Al Hollow Press. It's a young adult novel that um, some, again, I've been working on for, for many years. Um, so if, and if you get anything from my story, it's just really to not give up, right? And to keep keep honing your voice and, and keep sending your work out there, um, you know, and believing in your books. And so this novel, it really is close to my heart. It's gone through so many versions, Jen. Like, I just feel like this, this book really... Um, just kind of brought me to my knees and helped me grow so much as a writer. You know, it's, I really, I had to really take it apart and put it back together again. And was definitely a lesson in killing your darlings and nothing is too precious. Um, But so I'm really excited. That's going to be coming out um, in the fall of 2023. And, and yeah, I'm just, I'm slowly working on a new book and something too, that I've been um, enjoying lately is trying to spend time with my creative project, um, my my work in progress, even just in little bits of time. So my goal is even just to do like 20 minutes a day. Um, but I found that consistently, it's really nice just to spend time with my characters, spend time with my project. And so kind of for me, it's been a lot about um, changing my perception of what counts as a writing session, right? It doesn't have to be two hours. It doesn't have to be even one hour. Like it can just be 15 or 20 minutes where I'm kind of checking in on my book and adding a few paragraphs here and um, just staying close to the work. So I'm looking forward to seeing, um, you know, where, where that book takes me to in 2023. Oh, I love that. And I love just how you mentioned just Sometimes it doesn't have to be like you've carved out the entire morning or what have you. It's some, it might just be simply reading over and going, Oh, you know, what about this? Or when you're in the middle, sometimes what happens, it can be in the middle of something else altogether, like driving or cooking, or I don't know what, and you put your phone on voice record and capture it just so that you get the idea. Then you can come back to it because sometimes the idea hits you in the middle of you're not doing that. And it's like, where did this come from? Okay, thank you. I will capture it and I will make sure we incorporate it. I'll do something with it. But I love that. I love the check-in, even if it's just 15 minutes to see what's going on. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I love, I could not agree more. I think I often get my, you know, best ideas or just those little lightning bolts will happen usually away from my computer. (laughs) You said driving, showering, cooking. And so I think too, what we were talking about with the cycles and giving ourselves space is, is just so important for, um, you know, for our creativity. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Dallas, this has been awesome. Where can people connect with you? Where can they get your books? Where? 
Yes, it's been so fun. Thank you just for, it's been so fun chatting with you about, um, about everything writing. Yes, I am. So you can find all of my books on my website, dallaswoodburn.com. That's also where you can send me an email, um, check out, I have a podcast as well. I'll have to have you come on my podcast, Jen. Um, you can find that there. And I also, um, hang out on social media. I'm on Instagram at Dallas Woodburn author and on Facebook at Dallas Woodburn author. Um, and also I love, you know, hearing from people there. And if anyone does, if you do check out any of my books, please send me an email or a little, um, direct message on social media. Cause I would love to send you in the mail. I have, um, bookmarks and signed book plates and just little extra book goodies that I just love to send as a thank you for, um, for taking the time to, to pick up my book. So please reach out and let me know. Oh, I love that so much, Dallas. This has been a blast. Thank you so, so much. Thank you, Jen. Thanks for listening today. I'm so glad you were here and know there were some valuable nuggets shared to keep going, keep writing, and keep sharing your work. I'm a big believer that if you have a book that's in your heart to write, then there's someone else out there who needs to read it. Your story needs to be shared, so you have to write it and get it out into the world. Until next time, keep swimming upstream while going with the flow and get your book into the world. To learn more about Tough Fish and jump into the pond, visit jennifermilius.com forward slash tough fish.